Bam 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 Hey everyone, welcome back to Go Help Yourself. I'm Lisa Linky. I'm Misty Stinnett. And this is a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. If possible. Who really? See, we haven't figured out how to do that no. yet, so maybe don't listen to us. But part of our plan is to get together mm-hmm. and eat snacks and stare at each other lovingly over microphones. Yeah, I've got my wide eyes on right now. <laughs> That's right. No, I, w- I will say that this podcast has made my life suck less okay, so far. Okay, same. Sav, have we made your life suck less or more? Today was a little more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Every other day, way less. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> listen, you mean like every other day, like even days? No, no, no. no, no. Just every single other day. Okay, listen, right, listen. Sometimes you just gotta put your foot down and and uh, keep going. I, you know, what's funny is I had a plan and then mid sentence I forgot the plan. But no, I've I've heard about those directors who will fire someone on the first day yeah. to like show everyone who's boss so then everyone else takes them seriously. Yeah, but then they forgot that they fired the DP and they were like, uh-oh. Oh my God, what am, what are we going to do? I have no one to shoot this movie. <laughs> um, no, Sav was an angel today. Yeah. And we love him so much. We do, you guys. He's an amazing producer. If you're in the LA area oh yeah, and you are looking to produce any kind of podcast or you need any kind of like demo reel for voiceover. If, if you need music composed, yes. he's a lyricist and a composer. <laughs> He's a jack of if all you, trades. If you want your voiceover demo reel to sound amazing, if, if you, you need to put commercial things on tape. If you need to just sit in a room that is lovingly decorated and feel comfortable. Oh, my I don't God. Know if, I don't know if he'll, you could pay no, him for it's that. No, like, it's like a it, – yeah, that's right. It's like a world market showroom in here. It is. It's so it is cozy so beautiful. It's beautiful. There's pictures on the wall. And anyway like, – so Sav's website is fairfax-village.com. So that's, that's the name of the studio is Fairfax Village. Exactly. So that's F-A-I-R-F-A-X-Village.com. I'm amazed that you didn't spell village there. I always spell it wrong. Oh, do you? Village. Yeah. Um, and he's also at Sound of Sav on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Cannot recommend him enough. I can't really. either. It made me think about, I didn't want to spell village because when I was little, I called foliage foliage. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to spell village to be remembered in perpetuity that I spelled it incorrect. I love it. Thank you. Foilage. Foilage. Um, Speaking of a voilage, Lisa, yes. what do you have for us this week? Ooh, are you ready? I'm so ready. I'm going to count down. Three, two... One. Hi, welcome to the big. Wait, li- I'm sorry. The way you did that, I thought you. <laughs> I thought you were about to burst into. You're like, happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week I read "The Big Leap" by Gay Hendricks. Woo! The Big Leap. Yes. Um, it's the subtitle is "Conquer Your Hidden Fear and Take Life to the Next Level." Oh, I feel like I've got hidden fear. Okay. Gay Hendricks is a psychologist, writer, and teacher in the field of personal growth, relationships, and body intelligence. He is best known for his work in relationship enhancement and in the development of conscious breathing exercises. Okay. Great. Um, And this book uh, came out in 2009. Paperback is like $10.87 on Amazon. Hardback is $43. Kindle is $10.99. And the Audible is like $21.67 or I'm sure one credit. Why are the Audibles always like 
a million dollars. Because you're listening probably to the author read it or somebody who's really good at reading yeah, it. Yeah, and your and our own voices are terrible. <laughs> right. Sure. Yes. Could it just be Alice and Jenny? Okay. So here, could it just please yeah, be Alice yeah. and Jenny? Here's the thing. I fucking hated this book. <laughs> If only you could see the like gleefully vengeful expression on Lisa's face. And right here's now. what's sad about it is my friend Sada gave me this book. She gave it to me mm. because she was describing it. It sounded really cool. And I, I gotta say, the overall premise is great. Okay. It's when he started explaining himself that I had a fiery anger. Oh, did you feel like you were being mansplained to on the page? Um, I yeah, but also like <laughs> I there were a couple times where I out loud went, boo. No. And my dogs were like, what? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> so I I guess. Um, and I mean, you're not wrong if you're envisioning this author as a elderly, white-haired, white male with a PhD. I actually was envisioning him as a woman because the name gay, mm-hmm. I've only heard that as women like oh this is my aunt gay and this is my friend gay like mm-hmm. you know what i mean i just haven't well you're wrong that. he's a no. white man right. who got a lot of privilege and oh. he works as a like a success coach <laughs> sorry the way that you were like you like gave up in the middle of the word look coach. Gay, you're like, if oh, you're c- listening mr coach. gay hendrix if you're listening i a lot of what you said resonated, and most of what you said made me angry. And Don't it's worry, okay. He's not listening. He's not listening. <laughs> Don't um, worry. Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, I'm surprised mm-hmm. to hear that this book came out in 2009 because I feel like I've been hearing a lot about it lately. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just like gotten to critical mass mm-hmm. in a way. But somebody just recommended this to me as the best self help book they've ever read. Well, they were wrong. Oh. <clears throat> no, they probably was great for them. <laughs> Listen. It, it, <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Okay, let's dive in. Let's dive right in. The best, the the best. (laughs) Sorry. Also, I have to unbutton my pants. Thank you. We ate a lot of snacks here. You should see. God, Misty did a great job on the spread. The best recommendation I can give is borrow somebody's book and read the conclusion. It's four Mm -hmm. pages long, and it's it's the best. The best brief (laughs) summary that doesn't get into any of the antagonizing and irritating stuff. triggering things. Very triggering. Hashtag trigger warning. Also, like... uh, Okay. Wow. I'm just going to read to you from the intro explaining what this whole book is about. It's He introduces this concept of the upper limit problem, or Mm -hmm. ULP, or as some of his... Um, groups call it the gulp. Gulp, like the sound you make when you realize you've got, oh, I've got an upper limit problem. Gulp. Oh. Um, all, along the path to the zone of genius, which he mentions in the intro, and you don't know what that is, that's fine. The glass <laughs> ceiling you operate under. Dude, no, not glass ceiling is not a good choice of words, but that's fine. That we operate under. Thank you. Not that is imposed above. Thank you. Okay. Is held in place by a single problem. A barrier, patriarchy. You, mm-hmm, a barrier you don't know you have. You create this problem. Mm. Once you see the problem and how to solve it, you will be free to go beyond ordinary success to a new and extraordinary level of abundance, love, and creativity in your life. Look, it sounds fantastic, except that you use the term glass ceiling, which in 2009 isn't a new term. <sighs> and also, okay, so here's the thing. He's got a couple <laughs> big sections. Preparing for your big leap, making the leap, getting specific, and building a new home in the zone of genius and living in your zone of genius. Okay, living hold in on, a, yeah, hold on. I, I, so, I'm angry. I'm going to eat a grape. Go ahead. 
And that was uh, this episode of Go Help Yourself. That was great. We're done. No, I'm sorry. Am I no, 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 no. Um, so my question is, is the big leap you smashing through this glass ceiling? Is that the idea? Is this like... The big leap is you overcoming your upper limit problem. Okay. Okay. And then you're ready to it's play in your zone up. of genius. It's leveling up. Yeah. Okay. Which so, could have been a cooler way to say it. Yep. Preparing for your big leap. <laughs> Misty, I'm going to ask you four questions. Okay. I'm okay. Ready. Number one, are you willing to increase the amount of time every day that you feel good inside? Absolutely not. <laughs> Then I would I would shut the book now. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Number like two. Feel good. Are you willing to increase the amount of time that your whole life goes well? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three. Are you willing to feel good and have your life go well all the time? I could be convinced. <laughs> now, listen, at this point in the book, I actually wrote at this point during the seminar, I expect them to ask for money or lay out like the big cash payment plan <laughs> to which make this makes this come true. <laughs> The fourth question is, are you willing to take the big leap to your ultimate level of success in love, money, and creative contribution? No, I don't think so. Well, you're not wrong because he says (laughs) this is where people, they get fear and ego. And the only way through this is to turn your fear into exhilaration. And that eliminates ego. I said, again, this book is rife with privilege because it just assumes that the only thing holding you back is Mm -hmm. you. Um, He he mentions Fritz Perls, who was the founder of Gestalt. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that that was a type of oyster or a jewelry (laughs) manufacturer. Like, I just Um, got the most gorgeous Fritz Perls. Oh, my Fritz Perls. Yes. Um, Okay, so the founder of Gestalt said, fear is excitement without the breath. Mm-hmm. Fear Wait, is excitement without the breath. So when you get scared, just breathe. So when you're excited, you're breathing. But when you're scared, you're holding your breath. Oh. And I thought, that's so simple. Right. That's really simple. Uh-huh. So why does everyone not do it? Right. I mean, also, like, you know, when you're, wor- <laughs> when you're, wor- I mean. <laughs> Lisa's getting my, very triggered. My, I am. Because, again, it assumes that everything is within your own control and that there are no systematic oppressions that, that are holding people back. Right. Makes so, me it mad. sounds like male privilege. White yeah, male privilege. it really does. Okay, here we go. Here's how this upper limit problem works. Right. Each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. Is it Celsius or Fahrenheit? Probably for you. Fahrenheit. Okay. Uh, When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Now, listen. Yeah. In theory, I don't find a problem with this. Mm -hmm. People often engage in self-sabotage. Yeah. Absolutely. We all do this. Mm -hmm. and, And I get it. It's comfortable. And your brain often has like a bandwidth of comfort and stasis and your brain is a a very advanced um, organ that is designed to keep you in stasis. Okay, real quick. Again, I am talking to somebody who was in STEM. (laughs) Right, yeah, right. Um, Not super great at it, but I did pass chemistry on the first try. Thank Thank you. you. Um, my, My sister said this to me recently. She pointed this out. She said, the brain is the only organ to have ever named itself. Thank you. Let that sink in for a second. Your brain fucking named itself. Yeah. That is some crazy shit. And I'm going like, to say it missed a cool opportunity to be like <laughs> unicorn feather poop. <laughs> right? That is hilarious. Glitter brain. Right? Yeah. I, no, it was just like brain. Right? Brain. Brain. Um, 
I mean, kidneys sounds cool. So basically, I get that. All right. Um, but it also sounds super secrety. Right. Like you yeah. attract what you want. Yeah. And if you're attracting things that cause you to do, you know, I was like, mm. well, it's a little it's it's the devil, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, Mark Manson talked about this in his book, but it's basically like you you will stay in your comfort zone mm-hmm. rather than go out and fail. And like that, rather than reach for the thing and go out and fail. It makes perfect sense. Right. His, I, I would say, uh, the big leaps thing would be that you don't know why you do something mm. to to prevent yourself from excelling. Okay. You don't, okay. Whereas I think it sounds like Mark would say you get comfortable and then you just huh. stay comfortable. Right. But this is saying you keep bumping up against that glass ceiling because you do something to prevent you from moving past it. Right. Okay. Um, So he gives like upper limit problem examples of famous people like Christian Bale, who like got in a big fight with his mother and sister and the police had to call when it was like the premiere of some big movie. And like Bill Clinton is a great example of an upper upper limit problem. Like here he is elected two times, you know, huge – uh, uh, approval ratings and then the whole Monica Lewinsky well, thing. Wait, wait a second. Is that Thank an you. upper limit? Is that an upper limit problem? It sounds like that's only a problem because they got caught doing what they were doing. Well, it doesn't sound like this was the first time that either of them have done this, right? Yeah, it's not like, oh, no, Christian Bale suddenly decided to get in an argument. Like, they probably argued before. Listen, I don't know. There was a lot of cherry-picking stories in this book. Okay, fair. Um, fair. He's like, you know... When you attain higher levels of success, you often create personal dramas that cloud your life and prevent you from enjoying your success. Okay. Listen, fine. He says there's four main zones of activities. Your zone of incompetence, zone of competence, zone of excellence, and zone of genius. And we're all trying to drive to zone of genius. Okay. Your zone of incompetence is stuff that you're not good at. Avoid doing them. Either delegate them or just... Make partner up with people who are good at doing them. Wait, does that mean never try to improve the things you're bad at, or is that more like it's a waste of time? You've you don't have skills. To... You don't have a skill set in that area. Okay, but like some I people have, are. Uh, pause. Some people are okay because <laughs> because I I have seen people mm-hmm. go from incompetent. You know, I TA mm-hmm. classes sometimes, and mm-hmm. I've watched them go from really not knowing anything about it, struggling with it, etc., mm-hmm. to reaching a level of of greatness. That's great. I would say my understanding is that I am never going to be an actuary. I could okay. be great at numbers, but that is to be sitting alone so working you're, you're on numbers saying, at my you're desk. You're saying if you've tried and it's you know it's a weakness and you, you're not interested in fixing it, that's your incompetence. It's not going to – it's stuff you're not good at and it's not going to help you achieve towards your zone of genius. Okay, cool. Copy. I think it's his approach. Okay. And also we're kind of in, intuiting because you're asking great questions. Do you know what I mean? And I right, don't know sure. the answer, but I'm sure. from reading I would guess that's his answer. Okay. Then you have your zone of competence. This is the stuff you do just as good as other people do. And he says, successful people spend too much time in this zone. And here's where I had my first boo moment. He said that um, (laughs) often vague, hard to diagnose symptoms are diseases of unfulfillment of people spending too much time in their zone of competence. Examples like chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, which I will say are predominantly female diseases. Wow. To which I said, uh, I said boo, but I love that you said wow. I, I mean wow in the like, are you fucking kidding me way. Yep. 
right? Okay, wait. So, oh, I knew I knew the intention. Wait, I'm sorry. Okay, thank this, you. Let's unpack this. Here's for where a I second. sit back and let Misty talk for a little let's bit. Unpa- <laughs> let's unpack this for a second. Is he saying that people, you find something you're competent at, so you stay there, you're comfortable, but it's that is what causes unfulfillment and therefore physical disease, mm-hmm. and it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Th- this is problematic in like five different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get – because it made me really mad. Oh, you know I got right to it. <laughs> oh, my God. I got real mad. Wow. I was, I was not – I was excited to read this book. Um, I know. Well – And now I'm feeling differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zone of competence. You can see that I wrote – Oh, Lisa wrote in a purple gel pen, boo, in the margins mm-hmm. in all caps. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was really mad. Okay. Here we go. Um, uh, not long ago, I worked with a woman in her mid-40s who contributes a classic example of the competence trap. An executive in a small firm, Joan, was referred to me by her medical doctor who felt that some of her health issues were due to what I sometimes call diseases of unfulfillment. When people are not expressing their full potential, they often get illnesses that have vague, hard-to-diagnose symptoms. Chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia are good examples of what I'm describing. I've seen both of these illnesses disappear when people begin to break out of their sub-genius zones and move toward fulfilling their true potential. Oh, wait. What is his... um, Is he a medical doctor? What's his qualification? He's a PhD. Oh, so he's a doctor. And breathing exercises. I got really mad. I'm sorry. No, don't don't be. Because A, that sounds like uh, the synopsis of an episode of Mad Men. Like, Joan went to the doctor. Right? Remember when she picked up the phone and she heard Don talking to her fucking therapist? Right, right, right. But... Oh, no spoilers for anybody who's not going to Oh, it's been a decade. It's been a while. It's fine. Um, This is upsetting because, by the way... We are still figuring out so much about disease in the body. And there's an incredible documentary on uh, Netflix. It's called uh, Cooked. And there's four episodes. It's like wind, water, fire, whatever the other element is, grass. I don't know. Air? But wind, wind. That's wind. Wind, water, fire, this. earth. Earth. Thank you. Earth. And the one, the, one about, uh, the one about wind or air is bread. It's about bread because mm-hmm. yeast comes from the air, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, uh, it's really, really fascinating because they dive into what's happened with American food manufacturing mm-hmm. and the world and the way we bleach all the nutrients out of flour mm-hmm. and then we add them back in, et cetera. So mm-hmm. all of these sort of mysterious diseases that we and talk like about. like autoimmune disorders. All I'm saying is there statistically, scientifically, probably, there are 15 other scientific you yes. know, things that could explain why you're having this, including your diet, even when you think you're being healthy and how this is fortified. This is not just like, listen, is he you, wrong? You made yourself sick. Is he wrong? No. But to right. blame chronic fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, which are traditionally female-based diseases, yes. right. on a lack of fulfillment mm-hmm. is so... It's egregious, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. And I'm not saying, like, stress is real. I have been to the doctor for problems I'm having with my body related to stress. Same. Related to what's going on, you know, in my environment and my thoughts and all that stuff. That's totally real. But, like... Like psychosomatic Psychosomatic is one thing, but also like then that just says everybody who has fibromyalgia just needs to have a better job. Right, 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 right. And I don't think that's what he's saying, but you got to be 
fucking careful with that shit. No, you do. You do. Espe- I know. I know. It especially makes me mad. Especially, I, I also get triggered by anything that uh, leans people away from seeking actual medical attention. Yeah. That's a big thing for me. And I'm all for trying different things in conjunction with working with your doctor in actual medicine. You know what I yeah. mean? But you can't, you can't wish away cancer. And no. you can't... Yeah. And it just puts, I feel like it puts blame on the person who's sick. And that makes me very right. mad. I have a uh, few yeah. friends who've had chronically ill parents. And yeah. it's not the parent's fault. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's, that's what's sounding problematic for me, not having read this book. Mm-hmm. But if we are to take something positive from what he's saying, what would you say that would be? Well, I think about The Artist's Way with Julia Cameron. Uh-huh. And I think about frustrated artists. Uh-huh. People who aren't expressing what they want to express, they become frustrated artists, right? If right. You, like if you have a manager who's really... A frustrated artist is somebody who's not fulfilling their potential. Like, I get that. Sure. But that comes out to me in more, like, (laughs) personality-type ways rather than, you know, I'm not going to look at somebody who who gets cancer and goes, you had the wrong job. Like, I'm never going to do that. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Sorry. So then there's your zone of excellence. These are things you do well. You make a good living here. Everybody wants you to stay here. Your addiction to your comfort wants you to stay here. Uh-huh. Then there's your zone of genius. This is the leap from your excellence to genius. Okay. This is what you are uniquely suited to do, and you get calls to this genius throughout your life. Your okay. life. Not your life. It's your okay. life. Um, it. So most of us don't, I guess, don't exist in our zone of genius because um, it's hard. Well, yeah, and I, I think that there's so many choices. I feel I feel decision fatigue all the time. Yeah. Or or what's that called? The paralysis of choice mm-hmm. of like, I still think I could go back to school and become a million different things. You so could. I think I think it's sometimes it's hard to really narrow down and focus so intensely mm-hmm. because people tend to be good at a handful of things, like really good at a some handful people. of things. Yeah, I think some people really are limited. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I mean, like some people, it's like you could at least say too. Like I'm a, like for example, I'm a great cook and I'm a great mom, or I, I'm I'm great at sewing. I can sew anything in the world and craft a you know a whole costume closet for a theater or whatever. And I'm I'm great at karaoke. You know, it's like there are a few yeah. things that people can be geniuses in at the same time. But I don't know. It's hard to like. I just think it's hard to narrow it down and really focus for a lot of people. Interesting. Well, this book might be for you, Oh, but not. <laughs> um, okay. So when you make the leap, he says that they're discovering your hidden barrier. They're usually based on false beliefs. And here are the four main false belief categories. Mm. Feeling fundamentally flawed. Disloyalty and abandonment. Yep. Believing that more success is a bigger burden. And the crime of outshining. The crime of outshining. That's like if you're in a partnership. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. This made sense to me. I was like, you know, I would say that my hidden barrier, my false belief would probably be feeling fundamentally flawed, right? Like I don't worry about outshining, um, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> the we all know who the right? funnier one in this podcast is. That's it's not what I mean. Up. But I mean, like, I don't, I don't hide. I, I'm not a yeah. wallflower. Yeah. I don't believe that more success is a bigger burden because I'm always wanting more. Like, I want to work yeah. more. I want more. Yes. Disloyalty and abandonment. I don't think so. I, I, I'm a loner. <laughs> no, I'm not. But, uh-huh. like, I don't feel like I'm leaving other people behind sure. by booking work or by, you know, oh, having success. Oh, is that success. what that one means? Yeah, like, or, you it's know. It's not about being abandoned. It's about abandoning. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and then, and then, so for me, it felt like kind of by, you know, what do you call that? By 
rules of exclusion or what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that sounds right. That, that sounds that scientifically. Me. Thank you. Smart. Rules of exclusion. <laughs> Degrees of freedom. Um, do you, what, any of those sound, do any of those resonate with you if oh, you yeah, had to guess? Oh yeah, fundamentally flawed. Mm-hmm. That's the thing where I'm like, oh no, I'm just, like I walk around thinking I'm an asshole all the time. Yeah. And the feedback I get from people is like, you're so loving and you're mm-hmm. so, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm a really? Because like, I literally walk around feeling like I, <laughs> yeah. I was just a giant bitch to every person Same. that I talk to. Same. But I know that can't be true because I have some friends have some and you're friends. here. You guys haven't left yet. <laughs> yeah. Sam's on his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay. So then he wants you to get specific, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why, but here we go. He says, typical ways to spot your upper limit problem in daily life. I did like this because he gave like a practical walkthrough strategy to do with one of these issues with mm-hmm. worry. And okay. he was like, here's what happens when I notice that I'm worrying. Great. And like gave like a 10 step thing of what okay. he could do. It definitely was male center, but it made me laugh. It fed the strategic part of my brain. So here are some main upper level um, uh, problem behaviors. Okay. Worry, uh-huh. criticism and blame, Yeah, deflecting, right? Oh, so when yeah. somebody compliments you, you deflect it. That's right. Uh, squab- my favorite thing to do. Thank you. Squabbling. Oh. Which is an old I was going to say, term. I haven't heard that. Yeah. Oh, well, we got in a squabble. Uh-huh. Let me tell you. You two are squabbling. That's right. What are you having for dinner? I just think of, squab. I just think of birds. Squab. You say squabble and I think of like birds going at it. Because squab is a meal. It's a bird that you eat. Isn't it? Yes. Well, now it is. It is. It is. Sav, look that up. No. <laughs> it is. He's nodding. It is. Squab. <laughs> um, then he says, getting sick and getting hurt. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Well, um, okay. I'm sorry. If I am... If I looked left and right and I and I've got the little crosswalk guy who says go and even the guy who's going walk walk right oh. and I'm walking and there's no cars on the road and then suddenly his question is something would you be open to considering that it was either you were punishing yourself, you were preventing yourself from having to take the risk, or you were protecting yourself from from the risk. Here's a question. Does he does he have any <laughs> caveats in this book? Because I feel like in The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, mm-hmm. Mark Manson took the time to go, look, I'm not talking about real tragedy. No. I am not talking about this. I'm talking, you know what I mean? No. Like, does he ever say, look, no, in fact, if you if you are hit by a crane on your construction site, you know what I mean? Like, no, in fact, he said, next time you get a stomach ache or a sore throat or a stubbed toe, take a minute to consider if this is an as if this is an upper limit problem. Okay, so if I'm sleeping in my bed, I'm so I'm having so many problems with this. If I'm sleeping in my bed, you're me right and now, and a car comes crashing through my bedroom wall, mm-hmm. I should consider my my fault in that. Well, I mean, I'm gonna guess. Did you worry about it? Did you criticize or blame? Did you deflect? Did you squabble? Oh, I'd be squabbling. <laughs> I would be. I, listen, I, my guess is that he would probably say no, but also I wish he would just have taken one fucking sentence in his book yeah. and said that. To acknowledge this maybe isn't applicable to all situations, but consider the grain of truth at yeah. some of these. Then he also talks about an integrity breach, meaning lies, broken agreements, and withheld truths. Okay. Right? Yeah. That that seems active. Mm-hmm. Like That's you an upper limit problem for, for sure. That. Now, sure. here's something that I loved. Great. Okay. He talks about in squabbling. And all this stuff, he says, in conflict resolution, and I think this is where his, like, relationship, his expertise comes in. Uh He's, like, trying to divide responsibility or blame out of 100% is a zero-sum game, right? Oh, sure. So instead— Well, math-wise, you could divide 100%. No problem. Listen, I get it. You're in— 
Yeah. I just burped. You're in STEM. <laughs> I'm not in STEM. I know. I'm teasing you. <laughs> you guys, Misty was like, I don't, I'm not, I should not have said that. And I was like, we're going to say it all the time. So we're I'm just say. pumping her into it. Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> His whole point was, if you're, if you and I get into a fight and then somebody says, well, let's figure out who's to blame. Yeah. I may feel like you have 80% of the blame and I have 20% of the blame, uh-huh. but that requires you to eat 80% of the blame. Uh-huh. Instead, he's like, let's make it 200%. And yeah. then you can have 100% and you can, and I can have 100%. Yeah, okay. I like that. I did too because he was fine. like, that way everybody can just take accountability for their own. And it's crazy for one person to be like, well, you are actually 150% responsible for something because <laughs> that's not possible. Right. No. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's good math. Right. So yeah. then it's like I'll be accountable. That's good math. That's Something good math. is two hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll be accountable for my part, and my part is one hundred percent, and you be accountable for your part. Instead of trying to divide a hundred, let's make it two hundred and each own our own part. Yeah. I like that. I liked that too. Like that made that. me happy about it. That made me, that was the only thing. Um, <laughs> and then he was like, whatever your upper limit problems are in daily life, discover your story because they're usually set in childhood, right? So you probably learned worry from a parent or you probably learned oh, yeah. all this stuff oh, in, my your, God. in your childhood. My, one of my therapists, and the, and I, I do find this to be true, everything, he, he always said everything stems from fear of abandonment, Mm -hmm. everything. And it's like our human nature. We survive literally when we're in a group of people, right? That's how it was when we were cavemen. Yeah. The better chance of surviving if we're within the group. Yeah. And so fear of abandonment literally means death. Yeah. Right. So you can usually trace those things. I mean, as like, why do you think I like being alone on my couch so much? Yeah. Right. (laughs) I know. Um, I mean, it sounds, that sounds very woo woo. But when I started tracing it back, I went, oh no, there's some merit to that. Yeah. Yeah. Then he's like, um, once you've identified yeah. how you want to make the leap, you yeah. got to build a new home in your zone of genius. He talks just like Elizabeth Gilbert and Big Magic. You got to, I commit to living in my zone of genius now and forever. And you got to say that stuff all the time. Okay. He gives a series of questions to help you get to what your unique ability is. Okay. Um, okay. Then he's like, then you got to live in your zone of genius. Okay, and you have an ultimate success mantra. I'll save you the trouble and I'll give it to you. It's I expand in abundance, success and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. And you just say that a lot. And then um, if. (laughs) Yeah, I. okay. so I expand. I expand in abundance around me every day and I inspire those around me to do the same. Close. Okay, so that. The wording of that, it's interesting. And I, it sounds I know. Sounds very secrety, doesn't it? Yeah. And obviously, Lisa and I are, are um, I haven't read this book. And Lisa and I are coming at it from our own hermeneutical lens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're. My what? Hermeneutical lens. So Hermes and Greek mythology, right? The messenger. And nudicles, the fake nuts. That's right. That's right. It's uh, Hermes, the Greek messenger's fake nuts. Uh, no, it's basically just like you only see the world. So his lens, he'd always deliver the message. I'm probably totally fucking this up, but I'm I think so this into is this right I'm pulling now. this out from like freshman year um, humanities class. I went right? to a Big Ten school, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I went to a school that has like fifty thousand other people. Go Knights, UCF. Thank you. Um, but. It, but basically, you can only see the world. You know, he sure. deliver things through his own lens. Sure. So we all have our own hermeneutical lens. But why is it nudicles? And you know what I'm talking about when I say nudicles, right? Sweetbreads. No, it's the fake nuts <laughs> after your dog gets neutered. Oh, They're no, I've never heard of that. I'm not a dog owner yet. Over there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right, Steph? <laughs> 
No. Okay. Well, for those of you who are Matt interested, Sav, are fake testicles oh. for p- owners who feel like their dogs want their testicles even after they're neutered. That's confusing because what if your dog runs away and someone goes to neuter your dog again? I have a lot of questions. Listen, this is another podcast. Okay. Anyway, okay, so, so Hermer, I think Hermer, someone was just trying to take Hermes, Hermes and make it a cool adjective. Hermeneutical. So anyway, it's just it's just the lens through which you view the world. I so get like it. me as a, a white woman living in Los Angeles, I have a specific lens through which I view the world. And, and me as the person who's a dog lover who knows about fake testicles for dogs after they've right, been neutered, and, I have a very specific right, one too. And someone who's in a seventeen-year-old, you know, teenage boy in South America has a totally different lens through which they view the world. So, as does a over 60 white educated right, right, wealthy right, right. man but so uh last night uh, i was at a party and there was a tarot card reader yes yeah and you could pay 10 bucks and have like 10 minutes with this woman and what that mantra reminds me of is like it's it's vague enough to sort of cover a Everything. lot of things yep. Yep. but it's not specific enough at all and in this moment i'm craving a lot more specificity so saying i expand in abundance like this is where if he's talking about being specific and working in this specific zone of genius that you, this on this one talent that only you are good at and and i mean of course like he can't write a specific mantra for every person but expanding in abundance like i go i don't know what that looks like mm. i don't know what that looks like so i have a hard time mm-hmm. visualizing that so how am i supposed to use that you know what I mean? Versus you sound like me, and I love it. Great. Have I broken you? me already. You broke me. I know. And we're not even too far into this point. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait. So, okay. So, I have a question for you, though. Does yes. he offer... You said he has that sort of step-by-step discernment of maybe what your zone of genius is. And mm-hmm. does he offer practical steps for getting out of the zone of competence and into excellence and getting out of excellence and into genius? Like how, for people who want concrete tools from this book, well, does he offer those? No, he does say that once you're in your zone of genius, you can use this tool called the enlightened no, which is just basically... if it's K-N-O-W? No, just the word yes, no, no. Oh. If, if, if when somebody asks you to do something, if it's not in your zone of genius... You get to say no because you want to operate and stay in your zone of genius. But it's not like you don't have to feel bad about it because you're – it's it's not in your zone of genius. Can you give me an example? Yeah. Enlightened no. We haven't even gotten to Einstein time yet, which we are not spending time. Here we go. Enlightened no. As you learn to navigate the up the updrafts of the genius spiral, which is when you're in your zone of genius, you keep spiraling up and up and oh, up. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like an upward spiral. You will your flight will be smoother if you get nimble at what I call the enlightened no. You produce an enlightened no when you turn down something that doesn't fit into your zone of genius. I call it the enlightened no because you're saying no in the service of your genius. You're not saying no for all the usual reasons such as money, dislike, lack of time, and so forth. You're saying no because you've chosen to focus on activities that are clearly in your zone of genius. Saying no for that reason has an even an inspirational effect on the people you're turning down. So uh, for anybody out there who's in, who's in Los Angeles and is uh, waiting tables <laughs> to go to their auditions or their writing meetings or mm-hmm. whatever it mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. do you feel like your manager would feel inspired mm-hmm. when you turn them down? Well, I think he would say that's not an enlightened no because your zone of genius is not waiting tables. Yeah. So, oh, that's not an enlightened. No, I thought that is enlightened because I'm going. No, I'm not doing that because I, I want to keep work waiting at, tables. I need, no, 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 no. No, I've got to go on auditions, so I'm not waiting tables. That's an enlightened. Oh, no. oh, I thought you meant your manager, like your reps. No, um, no. Oh, sorry, I meant restaurant manager. Oh no, like they would GM. hate that. You'd be yeah. fired. You'd be fired. Right. Okay. You'd be fired. Um, I mean, the example he gives is when he was supposed to 
collaborate with somebody for $50,000, but he was like, it's really not in my zone of genius. That is something that, uh, okay, absolutely fucking not. That I strongly disagree. That is something that only a wildly wealthy and mm-hmm. successful like and privileged coach. person. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm the one thing I did like out of that section was that he said, commitment is the art of recommitment. Uh, and I agree with that. Yes, I do. I you got to wake up and choose what you're doing and how you're spending your time every day. It made me feel like Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. <gasps> God, aren't they just like the sexiest couple? The art of recommitment. Yeah. Okay. Then he has this whole (laughs) chapter of living in Einstein time, which is Newtonian time versus Einstein time. Listen. Wait, is Newtonian time what we're in now? Yeah. And it's linear and you always feel like you don't have enough. And Einstein time is that you will have enough time for the things that you need. Even saying it makes my throat tight. Okay, hold on, hold on one second. Because I I have heard, I've heard this before from some really... Wonderful people. There's always enough time and enough love and enough money. Yeah. I've heard that before. I've but heard, is he is he saying live in that? How do you live yes. in that? He's I listen, I've heard that people take care of drunks and babies the world around, and they're not wrong. But does that mean that I want to go out and get drunk? Right. And be a baby? No. <laughs> Wait, I'm not understanding listen, this analogy. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. But I no, I'm I'm my question is to mm-hmm. be specific. Yes, he I, wants I, you to live in Einstein time. Okay. But does that mean just with the perspective that like it'll get done, it'll happen, relax? Or is he or is it more specific than Einstein that? Einstein time gives you a way to expand the amount of time you have for creative expression and intimate connections. With Einstein time, you'll not only save time, you'll learn how to become the source of time so you can make as much of it as you want. I mean, he wants you to become the a fucking time s- the lord. Source of time? Yes. With Einstein time, you'll also discover how to liberate the energy you need for accomplishing your most precious activities. You'll understand exactly what drains your creative energy and how to stop the drain. The result, no more rest. No more time pressure. No more feeling exhausted because you worked all day and didn't get any of the important things done. Instead, you'll have plenty of time and abundance of energy and the skills that will keep both time and energy in a constant state of refreshing renewal. Does he tell you how, though? Well, he says there is no evidence that the pace of life will become slower in the future and we need ways to organize our time and energy. But the existing systems of time management are useful only up to a point and with certain types of people. And that's the Newtonian paradigm. And so he says... (laughs) Uh-huh. In the Newtonian world, we're either running out of time or watching the seconds creep by. Think of how many times in your life you've heard someone say, I have exactly the right amount of time to enjoy everything I'm doing. I don't believe I've ever heard anybody say anything like that. Well, no Mo- one talks like that. Most people seem to live at the two extremes, rushing to stay ahead of the clock uh-huh. or virtually brain dead with boredom. So he's like, Newtonian is a dualistic split. Time is out there. It's a physical physical entity that can put put pressure on us in here. I, this is, this is, Did you? I'm curious because this sounds like a this sounds like a book I would racing. have. <laughs> Lisa, such an animated. Then he gets face into right time now. space. He okay, gets, no pause. Let's pause. Let's zoom out for a second please. because you're getting triggered. I am. Um, this sounds like one of those books that I would have to stop and go wait what and reread the paragraph three times. I said to, boo. You said boo. But, I mean, does he literally say, here's how to get on Einstein time? Here's yes. how to... Yes. Okay. How do you? How does one do that? How do you become a time lord? Look, I didn't want to do that because I don't really understand it. Okay. Oh, well, hey, but, hey, a, you can say you didn't understand to it. That's valid. To, That's have, a valid review. How to switch to Einstein time. Oh, yes. She has a tab. <laughs> Lisa just took off her glasses and threw them down. Well, he gives an example of when he fired a person. 
And it talks about your persona. It's Wait, changing he turned your, down fifty thousand dollars, and he fired somebody. He, okay. Um, to get on Einstein time, you have to make one big shift, and it's so unthinkable that I've actually heard grown-ups gasp in astonishment when I've suggested they do it. It involves taking full ownership of time. <gasps> Thank you. Basically, he wants you to change your persona. He's like, there's time cops and time... Um, what's it called when you're tripping slacker. DMT? Thank and there's you. fractal elves. <laughs> Thank you. Time cops and time slackers. And he's like, you have a persona and you just have to take off your persona and become somebody else. Okay, no, pause. I We got to eject from this. I, <laughs> I'm going to... Eject, gonna, goose, no, eject, no, no, no. eject. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. He says, when we switch to Einstein time, we take charge of the amount of time we have. We realize that where we're... That we're where time comes from. We embrace this liberating insight. Since I'm the producer of time, I can make as much of it as I need. Oh no, my God, no. I don't okay, understand. No, no, no. <laughs> I I am Little Miss, but let's find what's great about this. And I am having a big fucking problem with this. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Also, also, I it is a pet peeve of mine when people use a lot of words to say nothing because yeah. this, I I don't. And, and by the way, for anybody who's listening and loved this book and totally gets it, write in, explain Please it to explain us. It to me. We are having trouble. We need your help. We want to understand. Um, but this doesn't – I feel like this was also like a, a little bit of when I read The Secret like 10 years ago, which I should probably we should probably do on this podcast at some point. But um, I remember just reading it over and over and being like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And then when I tried to sit down to do it, I was like, none of – I don't understand. You're not a time lord. Basically, time he wants you to stop complaining about time. Create, stop assuming that time exists outside okay. of yourself. Uh, here's a cool way to say that. Why don't you approach everything with love? And and even when you feel like you don't have time, just spend five minutes on the thing you love and see where that takes you. Great. I can get down to something like that. I mean, Einstein said, like, look, an hour between two lovers goes by in a blank, but a minute on a hot stove feels like an hour. Right. So right. Time so, is relative. Thank you so much, Gay Hendrix. <laughs> yes, that's basically what, what he's saying. So that's Einstein time. I got to move forward because okay. it's killing me. Okay, then he okay. talks about the relationship problem that, look, if two people are in a relationship yeah. and he always talks about two successful people mm-hmm. and he mentions that, like, I was counseling a successful couple. They're so successful. I can't mention them by name. I'll call them Joe and Jane. And they uh, were no, their, their name is Jangelina. Thank you. Yeah. And they were splashed across the paparazzi. Yeah. Um, and he is like, uh, but it can be problems when two people have, in a couple, each person has their own ULP. And that, okay. like, that he says... ULP is magnified in successful couples because each person is synergizing the other's quest for a life in the zone of genius. Now, Which is a limit problem. Means. Say that one more time. ULP is magnified in successful couples because each person is synergizing the other's quest for a life in the zone of genius. Now, I don't... Listen, I'm, I have three degrees. I don't know what that means. You have three degrees? Yeah. Girl. I'm not a PhD like What are him. your degrees in? I have the very cool... Uh, bachelor's in sociology yes with a minor in psychology and a concentration in economics i have oh my, my mba and my master's in human resources oh my god you're amazing it's not stem but you're amazing and your upper limit is all your fault it is and it's my fault you're not creating enough time anytime i stub my toe i i have done That's it to pa- myself yes self-sabotage the thing that made me the most mad about this book is that i did stub my toe earlier today and the first thing i thought was <laughs> did i do that to myself and i got mad that i thought it well i i will say this i i do think there is power in going 
what can I accept responsibility for in I this? Agree. How can I change? I think that's something we all could do more I of. Agree. I think there can be a lot of power, but but you can't you can't say shit like I got hit by a car and it was my fault. You know what Which I mean? I don't like, know if that's exactly what he's saying, but yeah. he doesn't eliminate the possibility for people thinking that I got in a car accident. Right, 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 right. So, so okay. So and also, this- I will, listen, I'm going to be honest. Mm. I grew up in a household that was a teachable moment household. And oh. for those of you who don't know what that means, that means that anytime anything happened, we always talked about it after to, to gain the most out of it, right? I love that. It's awful, Misty, because <laughs> I didn't learn about accidents. I learned that I could have done better. Oh, shit. In every moment. Oh, right. So I don't right. believe in accidents. I have to work really hard to convince myself that they're accidents. So books like this are very right. triggering for me. Sure. Because in my in my homoerotic view, <laughs> homoerotical view. Okay. <laughs> nope. Her- Hercules nude. Oh my nude. God, she's trying to say hermeneutical. Well, thank you. <laughs> Instead, you were just saying homoerotic. <laughs> I couldn't remember it. Which could be someone's hermeneutical lens. <laughs> thank you. In my hermeneutical lens, um, <laughs> I don't ever know if I've done my best because I can always look back and see how I could have done it better. Which goes back to your belief that you're fundamentally flawed. Kind of. A little bit. But, Sounds like it. But not not for that reason. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that I didn't do my best because I'm flawed. Right. right I right, don't right, think right. that I did my best because when I look back, I can figure out a way that I could have done better. Right. But I've started to learn that I did my best in the moment. Sure. And that, you know, but having a teachable moment like that, every single thing that went wrong, right? Like, if you yeah. if you dropped a dish, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there was never an accident. It was what, what happened was very, like— Right. Um, you know, Socratic, like what, let's figure out what happened, what caused this, what could we have done better? Just, and and it came from a loving place of my parents trying to make sure that I learned and that I avoided, you know, pain, Sure, you know, but, but sometimes shit happens, guys. Sometimes, sometimes you drop a dish and you don't know why, or you know, you weren't paying attention or it doesn't matter. But it's a hundred things going on and it doesn't matter. Also, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because by the way, there's not enough time in the world, no matter how much you create from your Time Lord dungeon and, and maybe skip the small stuff. So like this, this teachable moment household that I grew up in makes books like this really hard for me because then when he, when he doesn't clarify that not every disease is psychosomatic, uh-huh. right? that he blames people for that, that shit bugs me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Me too. Sorry. Because I, no, it's I'm it's, trying to be, it's I'm trying to, it's I think flawed, it helps you understand like, why I hate this shit. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to, I want to circle back though to this relationship section. So uh, is it that, okay, the two of you are synergizing. So if one of you has an upper limit problem that you can't get past. You both do probably, but so they're probably both, different. You, you, yeah, you Okay, you both do. So maybe you're like reinforcing why you should stay comfortable with each other or your partner's dragging you down if you were trying to get past your – like is that – Yeah, is that I also think it's kind of like your upper limit problem probably plays off of my upper limit problem. Right. You find a way to sort of be in this stagnant symbiosis. Yeah, like he gave an example of a couple who, um, you know – she wanted a marriage where it was more intimate and that he shared more. And he felt like she um, was was interested in other people, right? So he didn't feel comfortable sharing. Okay. I mean. What? Uh, I don't like his examples. I, I don't either. Say. They're very cherry-picked. There's also an appendix where he talks about how he sold lemonade in Florida. So listen, I don't <laughs> – do I think this is the best book ever written? I'm going to say no. Right. Do Okay. So he – okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is that is that the that's the, the gist, gist of it? That's the gist. I of say that? if you 
go to the go to the bookstore, pick it up, read the four page conclusion. You'll be much happier. Okay, great. But also, if you've read this book and have insights, let us know. Help me understand it. If you are gay, Hendrix, help me understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, and we would love to love this book. Um, Yeah. Also, so I (laughs) can you talk about the cover for a second? Because every time you've held it up in my face, I have had to keep from laughing. I kind of liked the cover. The cover made me happy. It's cute, but with the magnitude of what he's saying, the fact that he's using that animal is interesting. Yes. Okay. It is. Talk to us about it. A beautiful blue cover with, in red, the big leap. And then there's a small goldfish bowl (laughs) and a goldfish jumping from the small goldfish bowl into a big goldfish bowl. And I've got to be honest with you, he's not going to make it at this trajectory. No, he's not. He's not going to make it. Look, not to bring up STEM again, but physics... Thank you. If you calculate his like arc oh. versus gravity versus viscosity of water Listen, tension or whatever, I took he's physics not making it. in high school as uh, independent study, and I never did yes. a single physics exam and still got a B. So yep. I basically never took physics. Yeah, you just know it. Yeah, I just, just know in it in your blood. I just we lie. No, that poor fish is not making it. No, he's gonna bounce. Works, he's gonna bounce right back in, or worse, on the rebound side and be like, and miss <laughs> his old bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So a couple of questions for mm-hmm, you. Rapid mm-hmm, fire. Mm-hmm. Um, is this book practical or woo-woo? It tries to be practical, but it's a little woo-woo. Okay. Um, what did you try to put into practice from this book, uh, if anything? And how did it affect you? Listen, I did like the uh, the this idea that commitment is recommitment. And mm-hmm. I'm going to keep recommitting to like naming and claiming mm-hmm. and like things that I want. I'm going to recommit to that. Okay. Um, and I do like this idea of responsibility is 200% instead of trying to figure out blame. Yeah, I really like that. Especially for my teachable moment stuff, it's figuring out like who did what wrong. Yeah. So instead I can just be like, oh, this is what I own. What did you own? And let's yeah. move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, what <laughs> What did you absolutely love about this book? Like what was your favorite, favorite, favorite thing? As Lisa's eyes get so wide. The conclusion. <laughs> The four-page summary of the book. Yes, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you feel like the author got right, other than the things you've already named? Or do you feel like it's just that That he, his, his homoerotic version of the world is perfect. Hermeneutical. Thank you. It's perfect for him. Hermeneutical. Hermeneutical is perfect. That's right. I believe it's H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-C-A-L. Hermeneutical. Pronounce, Once you spell it, I got it. Pronounced homoerotic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That's who, the French pronunciation. Who is this book perfect for? And oh, who is this book terrible for? Great. This book is perfect for high-profile celebrity couples who are struggling against their upper <laughs> limit problem who need <laughs> to pay a man thousands of dollars to be a life coach. And also can turn down $50,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that time T-Pain approached me mm-hmm. to um, mm-hmm. be featured on a song and I said, No, thanks. No, I just do jazz and blues. I'm going to so give you an why? enlightened no because that's not in my zone of and genius. And he's going to feel inspired. Uh-huh. <laughs> he he right. will be inspired. Um, it's perfect for people who would not be offended if you gave them this book and said, I think you have an upper limit problem. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this book will help you figure it out. But it's all your fault. But it's all your fault. That's or right. maybe somebody who has fibromyalgia. 
<laughs> I almost hit my head on the mic. I was laughing so hard. Okay, so I want a challenge from this book. What would you? But please, dear God, I do. don't make it a triggering thing. Make it a thing that I actually. Want I want and you can to try do. because I am not in a relationship and you are. Yeah. The next time that you guys have a disagreement, yeah, I would love for you to either try the two hundred percent thing yeah. or say. I don't know if this argument is really what we think it's about. What is it really about? I love that you say that. I uh, am going to ask for a different challenge, and let me tell you why. Yeah. I have the most amazing partner mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. His name is Zach. Mm-hmm. And we have gone to couples therapy to get better at communicating, et cetera. Yeah. And we're already doing this. That's and let, amazing. let me tell you, it works. It is so much better mm-hmm. than getting than doing the thing we used to do, was which was to get in an argument about how we got into the argument and whose fault it was that we got into yeah. the argument. Because guess what? It doesn't matter. Doesn't so matter. we go, I go, you know, anytime I go, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to try to do better. I'm sorry about the things that you are feeling badly about that I did. Mm. And he does the same thing. And he goes, well, I hear you and I'm going to try harder. And we go, okay, fucking great. And that's why we've been together for six years and are happier than we've ever been. So That's amazing. But I, I I cannot espouse enough how helpful that has been. And how that has gotten us out of cyclical arguments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can yeah. already attest that, that, this, that this works. And I, I think I think I definitely could absolutely look inward and go, I'm going to look at how I did this. And a lot of times, anytime I'm snapping, I take a moment and I go, hey, I got to tell you, it's not even about you or what you're saying. Yeah. I'm stressed about this thing and it's making me wound tight and I am so sorry. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, then I guess it's if you have a disease, figure out why you gave it to yourself. <laughs> no, actually, for real. If you stub yeah. your toe this week, yeah, I want you to figure out if you sabotage yourself in some way. Oh, okay, so let let I'm going to do this in real time right now. Mm-hmm. I had an abnormal mole excised this week, which is guys getting pretty sexy on the podcast. <laughs> um, I have I wear sunscreen like it's my job. I've mm-hmm. got a family history of cancer mm-hmm. like crazy, so I go to the dermatologist twice a year. Mm-hmm. Just like do a skin check. By the way, guys, if you've been putting it off. I need, to get your, I need to get your person's name. Yes. I'm just going to nibble more cheese. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, but I went in there and they biopsied and they were like, okay, it's not it's not like cancerous, but it's abnormal. Let's go do this. Mm-hmm. Let's get it out of there. I don't know why. I don't know why that happens. I try to put... I, I'm, oh, I think I'm, it's because cells I, divide inappropriately. That's right. At the P2 checkpoint, P1, P2 checkpoint in mitosis, sometimes okay. that can happen. That's right. Who's stem? Who's stem? Who's that girl? Stem. Um, just call me Miss Stem. Miss from <gasps> now. Stem, not Misty. Miss Stem. Don't let that stick, dear God. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I I mean, like, it, um, I'm gonna say. That well, it, was it in an area that you say, often put sunscreen on? It's the back of my arm. Like it's right here. I literally have the stitches in there right now. So is that an area where you normally miss putting sunscreen on? You know what? I'm going to look inward and see how I'm 200% to blame for this. <laughs> and I'm going to say yes. But tell me why the other freckles and moles that are right next to it weren't abnormal. Or let's take a different approach. That's right. What in your what are you currently doing in your zone of competence that or in your the, in your zone of competence that you need to move out into your zone of excellence? I am not turning down enough $50,000 jobs. Well, there you go. 
So you're not going to recommend this book to anyone of your friends, personally of your friends? Or do you feel like there are people that would just love this? My friend was starting to read it and she liked it. I like the concept. I like the idea of being accountable. I like the idea of figuring out what's holding you back. This is not my way of doing it. Sure. And when when my friend pitched it to me, because another friend of mine had mentioned this book to me, what intrigued me was what level of success are you afraid of? That is something that I think is legitimate for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I I think if you really sit quietly with yourself, suddenly having all eyes on you and a ton of responsibility Mm -hmm. and a huge house and all sorts of success, like it can, it can sound scary because it is the devil, you know, your, your current circumstances, you know how to deal with that. You've been dealing with that for better or for worse. You're right. You know, so so that's something that really intrigued me about this book. So I would say if that's something that's resonant to you and you, some of the things we said today on the podcast did not turn you off in a huge way, mm-hmm. consider. Or maybe you just like to be constantly worried about a fish flopping onto a table and okay. you want to look at that yeah. on the, the cover. So Lisa, where can we get this book? Is oh it my available God. everywhere? It is. I, I said that at the tip top. Oh, well, okay. Well, I'm firing myself. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to create it. some Einstein time. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that'll be your challenge. Cut all of that out before. This is an option. Option B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Option B. My challenge to you is to try to think in Einstein time. Meaning, instead of worrying about rushing or having, just try that mantra, I have all the time that I need to be uh, to do all the things that I want. I'll let you read that chapter because I don't understand it. You know what? I, I just want to take that challenge as you've said it okay. and not read the chapter Great. because I... I like that. That's Great. the and by the way, this is what self-help books are about. You take the tools that resonate with you, that work for you. You use them in the wrong way. You use them in the totally wrong way. You <laughs> fuck up your life worse. You and then don't you need sue another us. self-help book. Yeah, and in, in another podcast. And mm-hmm. you realize that nobody knows what they're doing. And we're just all trying to we're just trying to make life suck less. We didn't say it would. Thank you. That was important. I feel like I feel like we should have said that at the top of the first episode. <laughs> Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Yep. Um, oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, do you have an inspiring quote or any like moment of triumph or that you want to end the podcast on a positive note? Because I feel like that was I know, a I'm lot sorry. of... No, don't be sorry. Here's the positive note. Mm. I appreciate that you and I have a friendship where I can not lie to you and tell you I fucking hated this book. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thanks for making space for me. Um, I have all the space in the world and yes. I'm going to get out of your lap now. Oh, thanks, because my legs are asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, As we always say, life life is abundant. abundant. (laughs) Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. (laughs) Do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at ghypodcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye. Bye.